Welcome. Step right in. Take a look around. I promise that no matter who you are, we've got something here for you. Think of any creature, any companion, any friend. We've got it. It's our business to provide to you our valued customer. Anything that you could possibly think of. Anything at all. So, think real hard. Because we've got all that and more here at Zack and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, welcome back to another welcome, episode welcome. of... Welcome, Yes, yes, yes. Uh, to another episode of Zach and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. I'm Zach. I am Griffin, and we are here again after... Uh, it feels like... I don't know if this is just me. It feels like a very long time. If I No, I, I was about to say the same thing. I think it's, it's just because it, I've had a very chaotic couple weeks, and so... I don't know. It just feels like it's been like a year since we've recorded. We had to write the, you know, the the whole campaign summary. Yes, that was a big project AP. for me. Well, that, 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 yeah, man. Uh, I had some weird time at work. We we're opening a new store in town. We're like, we're like moving stores. Oh yes, we're moving closer to the interstate, and so there's a lot of chaos going around there. I went to a different bread mine, uh, a bread mine with a drive-through, to learn how to work drive-through because the new- oh, because you're about to get a drive-through. Mm-hmm. So I got to work that. I got to learn that my schedule will likely be shifting two hours earlier. So I get to start getting up at 4.30, which... That sounds awful. I frankly am terrified of. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's, just, it's, it's, it's good to be back, though. It's good to have yeah, you back, my here boy. Here we are. It has. It's felt very long, but you know what? We're back, and that's what... Matters. It's true. You and I here together in our our own little piece of the sky with a big building. Doing some stuff. Doing some stuff and loving some critters and each other. I'm a, I'm in a weird headspace today, so That's fine. You know, yesterday was our fantastic Griffin Cold Iron's birthday. Oh stop. And- and we love him very, very much for that. You know, we we did make a whole episode about that last time, but still, it's true. Now, at the point of this time recording, it has actually now been my birthday. Yes, it so, has come and gone. Yeah, thank you, thank you to the folks who who did wish me a happy birthday on the Twitter. That was very nice mm-hmm. of you. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, 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 awesome. Well, well, I don't have too much banter for you today. No, no, no. I don't think so. I think it's. Do we I just want to dive right in? Let's let's yeah. Let's start off with the results of last episode's. Uh, poll last week's oh, Would You Rather. The the Griffin creation. The Griffin creation extravaganza uh, where pseudo-class of... Uh, also a clash of the creatures. Yes. Creatures, creatures. Creatures, creatures. Uh, the, we, the Would You Rather of last week slash clash of the creatures was creatures, creatures. Zach's creation, uh, Griffin creation of a white-faced owl crossed with a white badger. White-faced scops owl. White-faced scops owl. There were only so many characters I could drop into the, the Twitter poll thing. Yeah, so, white-faced scops owl crossed with a badger. Or my creation of a condor clashed with a mountain lion. And oh, uh, oh. with with a heavy heart, I must declare that Zach's creation... One by an actual <laughs> veritable landslide. By quite a landslide, yes. The final results were 76% for Zach and 24% for me, the actual Griffin. Zach so, Rob, Zach Rob, Zach, Zach Rob, Rob, Zach Rob. Yeah. I guess it makes a little bit of sense, like, I mean, I, I, I've i spent so much time being one that, like, I don't have much artistry in, in creating you, you, my you've own You've lost kind. touch with what it truly means. Yeah, I mean, you didn't have to make it so depressing, but yeah. <laughs> well, there we go. Here we are. No, it's uh, I, I tip my hat to you, Zach. Um, and so you. you have Thank spent you. so much time loving a griffin that yes. you very clearly have a keen instinct toward what it is to create one. Yes, the so. the half mammal, half avian artistry. Mm-hmm. So I'm very yes. I'm very proud of you. And I'm Thank sure you. that next time I will grind you into the dust. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There we go. 
Amazing. So we got, of course, as per usual, four fantastic creatures. Yeah. Um, for you to consider. We're doing something a little uh, different. We're gonna mix it up just a slight bit. We're doing kind of a smorgasbord uh, across the across some some source material. So we're gonna be doing one creature from the owner's manual that everyone knows and loves. We're going to do one creature from Mord's Book of Friends. And we're going to do one creature from, oh god, I forgot what we called it already. Uh, Oval's Pamphlet of Beastie Boys? I, <laughs> you're right, we really didn't settle on anything else from that. Um, Oval's... Uh, I'm sticking by Pamphlet of, of Beastie Boys, I, but that's uh, just me. Mm, the Beastie Boys part is where that gets me. Uh, uh, we just go with Beasties. Oval's... Uh, instruction manual. We can just go with manual. Oval's of... Oval's manual of dudes. <laughs> <laughs> this page is all about Rick. <laughs> Oval's check him out in his cardigan and khakis. Oval's manual of or t- manual to friendship. Now we have friends and mords already. Oval's yeah. manual to critters. I can dig critters. Okay. Oval's manual of critters. Oval's manual of critters. Um, the Omak, if you will. The Omak, yes. <laughs> so we're going to be doing a creature from each of those books, as well as answering some fan mail at the end of the episode. Yes, So yes. stay tuned for that. Uh, if you want your own fan mail answered, you can tweet us at PetShopCast or send us a DM on Twitter. DM. You, yeah, we, we, we more than urge you to slide into our DMs, Wink. ladies and gents. Hell yeah. Yes. Gentle thems and esteemed ones. Please Multiversal denizens of all shapes, sizes, and colors. And creeds. And credos. What's the difference between and a creed and a credo? I don't think there is. Really? Unless you're like Apollo Creed. It- because you are not a credo. <laughs> Stupid. You're, you're just Mr. T. <laughs> I'm so stupid. <laughs> okay. What's our first creature, Griffin? Oh, uh, <laughs> you've got me off my game now. Yeah. Right. Back in. I'm a handsome creature salesman. We are. <laughs> this is trash. This audio is garbage. I hate this show. I I'm hate everyone involved it. in it. That's not true. I'm here for it. Okay. Well, you know what? If that's how you feel, I'm gonna have Nano Cat Sammy draw you out of all the the, the fan art. No, It'll just be me standing in no. front of that shop. It'll just be Zach Ann's multiversal pet shop, and, and no one wants that. Okay, so for our first creature, we have. Uh, hmm, I always struggle with my opening sales pitch on on creatures like this because I want to be honest, but I also want to make it appealing. And sometimes, honesty is the worst policy. I'll just say the name, and we can build up from there. They're called Carrion Crawlers. A Carrion Crawler. Yes. Uh, so they crawl. They crawl. It's uh, They they uh, crawl frequently on or around Carrion. Uh, is that, see, I, always, I, I don't know. I always, like, say Carrion, like, it reminds me of, like, disease for some reason. Carrion is, like... To my knowledge, if, my, if I'm remembering my, my words properly, it's like, just kind of like r- dead, it's like roadkill. Like, roadkill is uh, carrion. Yeah, uh, okay. Like, when a tiger in the wild kills something and leaves its carcass for vultures to pick at, the vultures pick at the carrion. It's just like old, dead meat. Which is a way grosser than I intended for it to be. <laughs> So, uh, these things are considered large. They are basically a big worm. So, a big slorping scavenger worm. Yeah, more like, I guess more like a grub. Like, if you want to picture, like, like you know, worms are kind of long. Like a larva. And, yeah, like, of. worms are, like, long and thin. Grubs are kind of, yeah. like, short and squishy. Stout. <laughs> short and stout. Short and squishy. Same diff. Here's my spot. Uh... And they're, but they're big. They're they're the size of like a, a Mini Cooper. Um, gotcha. And they, uh, I just want to read this first sentence in the Monster Manual because it uses some really great uh, wordplay. Carrion crawlers scour putrid flesh from carcasses and gobble the slimy bones that remain. Oh boy. Yeah. 
So they eat dead things. Uh, they aggressively attack any creature that trespasses on their territory or disturbs their feasting. They follow the scent of death to food, but they ha also prefer not to compete with other scavengers. They hunker down in territories where death is plentiful uh, because they have kind of limited mobility. They're not like hunters. They don't, you know, they, they don't chase things down and, and kill them and eat them. They kind of pick up the, the scraps. And if something like comes along and is like, hey, then it gets hostile. Then they'll be like, yeah, hey. Uh, oh, okay. so they kind of they 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 they're trying to find their own. It's not really a hunting grounds. It's more of a refuse grounds. Okay. Um. So could you give us a physical description of said carrion crawler? Yeah. Picture like maybe like six to seven feet long. So uh, big, thick worm. Big, big, round, you know, uh, body, fleshy, no real hair or fur. They have you know little. Um, kind of pseudopod leggies that they'll use to, to, to locomote. So um, kind of like a millipede? A little bit, yeah. Um, maybe like, I don't know, a couple dozen of these little these little wiggle, wiggler movers. Mm -hmm. uh, the front, they've got these two big kind of teardrop-shaped eyes and some tentacles and antennae uh, on their head. You know, the tentacles probably like grab hold of things and eat. And the antenna to just kind of like feel shit out, and just a uh, a big you know a mouth, big round mouth that looks to almost have like two very pronounced, almost like vampire style fangs, before it has just other like two rows of like almost shark's teeth. So hmm. probably so to you know like, like like crunch through bones and suck out all the sweet so that, marrow. That, that's the that's the the foothold teeth. Yeah. Once it's got the two ones in, like it's good to go. It's good to go. It's got a couple little mandibles too, tiny little mandibles to probably because it doesn't have arms. It doesn't have any like you know jointed appendages. So it probably uses all of those tentacles and mandibles and whatnot to just shovel just food into its gob. Into its big old gob. Yes. An underused synonym for mouth. Yeah. In my I love my gob. Anyway, opinion. um. So, like, say if someone... I know you brought up, like, roadkill and something mm -hmm. earlier. Could this be a good fit for someone who works in that line of work, P I guess? Potentially. Um, like, and, you know, you used to have your care and crawler chilling in the back of your truck <laughs> as you cruise down the highway. And instead of, like, dumping it in just into the truck, you just like, all right, Percy. Go get him. And just slurp it up. Yeah, it says their preferred terrain are caves, sewers, uh, forested marshes, uh, but are also drawn to battlefields and cemeteries. So that would make sense. Could be an interesting like gravekeeper companion, mm. just kind of cruise around with you. Uh, they're able to also kind of detect. Uh, they can their tentacles can sense the sense of blood or decay in the air, kind of like a shark. I imagine oh, how sharks can sense blood from miles away. So now mm -hmm. I'm getting the idea of like search and rescue, carrion Ooh. crawlers, where they can maybe but sense wounded individuals out in the woods or something or on mountaintops, and mm -hmm. you can like use them as like a dousing rod for injured. But how people. would you then stop them from eating? Uh, there's these things called leashes. Well. I mean, yeah, but you are but a human man, and this is a large, strong death worm. Okay, so you have several human men's holding the leashes. I'm just saying, it's an idea. I'm trying to, I'm trying to be multifaceted in my pitch here. I guess I just don't want to cock tease these carrion crawlers. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you find some dead birds or something along the way to feed it. I don't know, uh, dude. I'm, I'm just trying. I'm just saying. I'm just trying to consider the animal here. Yeah. They they do have uh, the ability to uh, locomote across like walls and ceilings. They've got like little Ooh. sticky appendages. They are considered very patient predators. Um, oh God. They'll follow light sources for hours, hoping to pick up uh, a sense of blood. They are relatively keen at setting up ambushes by waiting around blind corners and being able to sense a little bit of blood in the air. They've got keen smell. Um, they also have a poison that they will uh, utilize in their, their hunting. Yeah, that's part of attached to their tentacles, which can oh. just paralyze individuals. So nice. pretty potent there. Um, oh, like, um, oh, God, what the, the, the sheer shoe from uh, Avatar The Last Airbender? You know, the big yeah, thing? Yeah, a little bit. It doesn't have the, the, like, the little... The 
tentacle like tongue thing. Yeah, it, the tentacles are pretty pretty short range. Yeah, but if it gets you with them, oh. Pff. Yeah, it says, it's actually pretty gnarly. It says, once a victim goes rigid with paralysis, the carrion crawler wraps uh, wraps it with its tentacles and drags it away to a high ledge or isolated passageway where it can be killed safely. That, the monster so then they, resumes patrolling its territory while waiting for its meal to ripen. They're pretty smart. So they actually prefer the decay part of the meal. So, like, um, even if it's fresh, like, they'll bring it somewhere, like, hide it. so it To let can... it simmer, yeah. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, and they're, they've got, they've got methods they follow, but these are, these creatures are dumb as rocks. In game stats, they have a one intelligence. Oh, wow. <laughs> they have some, some decent instinct, though. Yes. So that's, that's, uh, all the, like, book stuff, at least, on Carrion Crawlers. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm trying to think, um, you know, pest control. Ooh, that's not bad. Like, if you could, you know, like... Crime like scene cleanup? Crime scene cleanup, yeah. No, any sort of medical waste, really. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the most Maybe not the most ethical way, but... Yeah, well, I mean, like, you know, like, if <laughs> someone gets, like, their leg amputated, you know, they just, like, take those things and put them in, like, big vats and just dissolve the stuff. I guess that's fair. So Instead, you, could at least just... fe- you could at least feed a critter with your... Yeah. Your... <laughs> God, this is a kind of a morbid conversation, but I'm here for it. Yeah, sorry, I've been watching a lot of Grey's Anatomy. Ah, that'll do it. Yeah, no, myself and, and Nicole had a conversation because they um there was a guy who had that that weird surgery like when someone has like you know like bone cancer in their leg and will get part of their leg taken off, but then sure. like the lower calf gets taken off and like turned around. So that their like ankle joint yeah, acts as a knee becomes like a new yeah. And I was like, what do they do with this that <laughs> chunk of man leg? <laughs> They're like, I, I think they just go and they melt it down somewhere, break it down for scrap. Well, you know, like the, whatever that acid is that like murderers try to get rid of the bodies, yeah. just dunk it in that. It's like give it to the carrion crawler. Why Yeesh. not? But yeah, a lot of in sewers that have like maybe like you know like rat infestation. Yeah, kind of similar to like Otiugs. Yeah, just scoot around. It smacks a bunch of rats with its tentacles. They all go and just gobbled up. Yeah, get rid of the rats. Get rid of them like, up. You know, transmitting disease and just being generally dirty. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool. Any alligators in the sewers? <laughs> oh my god, I want to watch a carrion crawler wrestle an alligator. <laughs> yeah, that's like the pay per view like event of the year. That's like a that's like a shitty cheap sci fi movie. Like. <laughs> Carrion Crawler v. Sewer Alligator. Oh my god, that's very good. Oh boy. But yeah, Carrion Crawlers fit, fit, file under our kind of more utilitarian pets, but I'm sure yeah. there's some someone out there who probably thinks they're cute. Well, like, they're not awful. No, they're, they're, they're not, just, like, aside from just, just kind of that general grubby appearance. Um, they're just big bugs. Just big, squishy bugs. Yeah. yeah. That like to eat dead stuff. You know. Like bugs do sometimes. So I mean, that's nice to know that like they won't actively try to like if you own one, mm-hmm. you know, they won't actively try to eat you, mm-hmm. which is a, a big threat. With I feel like a lot of the creatures <laughs> in the owner's manual, <laughs> that you know, is very that, fair. That bond you have to form, but just like preference, like wise right off the bat, like they're like, nah, I'm good. Bring me some dead stuff. Yeah, carrion crawlers are chill. They're pretty chill. They're pretty chill. Big chill death worm. A big, chill, slorping death grub. <laughs> Can I say, I think my favorite part of the show is our just <laughs> synopsis of the creatures, either at the very beginning or very end of yeah. a segment, um, to just kind of summing them up with a, a couple adjectives. Hey, that's that's where... I love that part of the show. That's really where we where we shine, I think. I think so, too. So if you want some carrion crawlers, we got them. Uh, we've got a lot of them. We frankly have too many of them. Please come buy some. Yeah. Two for one deal. But we're saving a fortune on, like, if, you know, we, the, those older creatures that are, it's just their time to go. Mm-hmm. Like, there we got, we got some food. It's like, what are we going to do with them? What, like, what are we going to do with this, Sam? I'm not going to sell you a dead chimera. What, what am I? Like. And, and you know that that that's gonna feed a carrion crawler or a legion mm-hmm. of carrion crawlers mm-hmm, for at least mm-hmm. a couple days. For sure, so, dude. Okay. The circle of life, baby. Mm. There it is. Let's scoot circle on to the next one, shall we? Life. Yeah, sorry. Uh, so this yeah, next let's do it. creature Hit me with it. is g- coming to you from Oval. Oh god, what do we call it? Oval's manual of Oval's buds? manual of critters of critters of critters. Yes, Omac. 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 Om. Yes. Yeah. 
Now this one um is a bit beastly and I'm I honestly very much enjoy them. They're called Shusuvas. Okay. And yes, they are essentially hyena devils or hyena demons. Okay. We're in we're in some fiend territory. Yes, I'm guessing. Mo- most deaf. So Shusuva is I mean, take like a hyena. Okay. But um Give it, you know how a, a lot of like dire creatures will kind of have like the spines down, like while well, they're spines. Sure. So yeah, they'll have they have sort of you know these ridged plates like you know like a stegosaurus. Okay. Um, that go down the side. Their fur can be sort of matted and kind of gross. Okay. Um, burning red eyes. Love again. Um, a, a sort of light that burns from within them, sort of <laughs> illuminating their rib cage from the inside. You know, like you um, do. Yeah, you know, like you do. Um, but then most intimidating for, about them is their tail, which curves up, covered in more of those spines, but at the very end, a very scorpion-like barb. Ooh. Yes. Um, now, though they just look Ooh. like a lowly hyena with a scorpion tail, they can pack a fucking punch. All right. Man. I mean... They're strong as hell. I'm not, I'm not sure if we've ever talked about, like, fiendish creatures... Uh, we talked about hellhounds. Hellhounds yeah. is about the extent. But even so, hellhounds were like... I forget if hellhounds were just like isolated fiendish creatures. These are like distinctly demons. This is a demon. Okay. Now, it is a large fiend, so it's pretty big. Uh-huh. It's, you know, horse-sized, probably. Yeah, dire creature. Um, yes. Now, <laughs> they... Uh, they're you know, resistant to cold, fire, lightning, and any sort of non-magical uh, weapon that makes doesn't sense. do too much against them. Yep, tracks um, for, for demons. They, they can't be poisoned. They can't be charmed. They can't be frightened. I, yeah, I would, some, I, would, I would be afraid of the thing that could frighten that thing. Now, they are pretty beasty, yes. Now, they can understand... Well, this is where it, the line, it, you know, game talk wise, they have an intelligence of seven, but they do know a couple languages. I mean, so, we're when I think bright. I think when we approach like supernatural territories, yeah, that it makes sense because you said they're like, I mean, they're they're demons. They're demons, so they're gonna have some kind of yes. capability so, of, so above know, that of normal creatures. Yeah, so they know abyssal and null, and they're also telepathic. They know null. They know null. Oh, I guess that makes sense, because gnolls are hyenas. like, yeah, they're like hyena. hyena. And they um, have telepathy up to 120 feet. <laughs> yeah. Hyena scorpion psychic dog. Pretty much. Now, they they can tend, when they're in, in the midst of a combat, can go into a bit of a rampage. It says when it... They're very angry... That's and when they kill something, they continue killing. Yes, it, they just they just roll with it. They just keep going and going. <laughs> roll fucking when roll tide. kills something, Shusuva. it's just gonna keep rolling down that rampage of murder. That that tracks. But I mean, it, I want I shouldn't say murder because it could be provoked. It could be a justified killing. I don't know. I'm looking at the picture of this thing, and. This thing looks like a murder beast. Now, we don't judge things by its cover, though, do we, Griffin? I mean, sometimes. I'm just saying, sometimes we we do, my dude. Sometimes we do. (laughs) And I'm looking at this thing, and on the one hand, it has four legs and fur and a vaguely canine head. So I want it to be my friend. However, there are several other aspects that, (laughs) (laughs) by looking at it make me not want to be this thing's friend. Particularly the eyes, the scorpion stinger, and that very spooky light that is glowing inside of its body. Yeah, when you, when it opens its mouth, you can kind of see it a bit. It's, ha! It's, a, it's pretty spooky. Now, I mean, it's a big beast that will, if you're its friend, of course, uh-huh. I would assume, back you the fuck up. Probably. So, were this a different situation, and were this Shusuva on your side, mm-hmm. how would you feel? Well, if it was on my side, yeah, I'd feel pretty, pretty tight. Like, it's, it's, I'm like, I'm picturing that scene where it's like, all right, let's say I'm walking down the street and it's late mm-hmm. at night. I'm walking down an alleyway and like these, these dudes just be like, hey, where you going? And then I get like cornered by some thugs and they're like, one of them is like playing with a butterfly knife and stuff like that, trying to be all intimidating. Yeah. And they're like, hey, give us all your cash. 
And I just kind of, like, darkly chuckle to myself, and then the camera pans over to the side, and you just see the red eyes of this thing kind of peer from the, the darkness. opens, and you see yeah. the light. Yeah, and then it, like, one paw at a time crawls out from the darkness, and they're like, oh, shit, we gotta go! And then I just kind of, like, kind of pet its head as and they run away. shout back at him, no one carries cash anymore <laughs> Can you imagine someone in, like, 20 years, not even 20, let's say five years, someone's walking down an alleyway and is trying to get mugged and, like, has them at knife point and says, hey, Venmo me a hundred bucks. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but, no, like, if the, yeah, if the Shusuva was on my side, I'd feel like a badass. Um Much like some other creatures in our, our compendium. Yeah, because, look, just compare the, some of the big things... That make you a little turned off by the Shusuva. Mm-hmm. The eyes make sense. The glowingness makes sense. Mm-hmm. The tail. Now, you got to think back to, I think, our very first episode. We were talking about wyverns, right? They also have a very stinger-esque tail. That's fair. That's fair. But a wyvern is also very outwardly, very outwardly doesn't remind me of a dog. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, but in terms of, of real danger, yeah. there's not too much difference between owning a Shusuva and a wyvern. Mm-hmm. Now, Zach, I don't want to tell you how to do your job, but there's a very amazing sentence in this text in Oval's uh, manual of uh, of critters. Yes. A Shusuva manifests shortly after a warband of gnolls achieves a great victory, emerging from a billowing, fetid cloud of smoke as it arrives from the abyss. Yo! That's tight as hell! Yeah. In battle, the demon wraps its slavering jaws around one victim while lashing out with a poisonous stinger on its tail to bring down another one. Oh, man. So it's like a victory beast, too. It's like, hey, guys, you did a great job. Here's a death dog. For real, though. Now, it says that Shasuvas are bonnet in particular to gnolls and like to... Makes sense. Yes. Um, and a gnoll that has been gifted with a Shasuva is second only to a... Does that say flind? A flind, yeah. I think I've read about flinds. They're just a type of uh, like super strong knoll, basically. Ah, well, there we go. So it's also a status symbol. It's a status symbol Ooh. amongst the knolls. Very nice. But that just proves that you, know, you can have one as a bud. Yeah, that's fair. If you're gifted one. If you're gifted one. By yeah. the, pow- the, the demonic powers that be, I and, you know, we, As you know, we do have sort of an in... With a certain prince of hell, so like. Well, to be fair, if we're gonna get into into semantics, Meph is a devil, not a demon. I mean, but he's a fiend of sorts. Yeah, but like devils and demons are like polar opposites, kind of. Not polar, but they're. I mean, they're not. Devils, they're not friends. Are they not? They're not friends, my dude. There's an entire sure? there's an entire lore thing surrounding this. Like, I'm not, I might not leave this in, but like, if you go and read a lot of the early stuff in Mord's Book of Friends, it yeah. talks about the Blood War, which is the war, the in, eternal war between demons and devils. Whoa! Because demons are chaos and devils are law. Oh. And they like are constantly at odds with each other. Well, there we are. Yeah, like the demon princes and the or the demon lords and the devil princes do not get along. Well, I'm I'm a wrong person. That's okay. That's, that's why this is also a, a learning experience for all parties involved. It's yeah, a learning experience are. for our shoppers, our listeners, and it's a learning experience for us as we learn more about each other every single day. Well, sure, we got to meet some demons. I'm. We don't have to. <laughs> but we, it, it, look, demons is know, scary. Okay, look, we need to up our supplier relations. We just we just do. We got if we want a more well-rounded clientele okay. as well as, you know, uh, supply, we may need to get in bed with some demons. Uh, I really wish you didn't phrase it in that way. <laughs> <laughs> At some point, I want to hop over to one of the Warhammer universes and I want to talk to you about uh, the Lords of Chaos over there. Because there's a lot of there's a lot of ground to be had v- oh boy. vis-a-vis demons in the Warhammer universe, but that's a tale for another day. Another day. All right. Well, fantastic. So I feel like that's all we really got need for Shasuvas. Shasuvas. They're big. They're bad. And I, I mean, they're pretty much big specifically. I feel like they're made pretty specifically for warfare. Um, yeah, I mean, they could be. They could. 
I'm picturing like a puppy, like a, a little Shasuva. Oh, Shasuva pup. Although they're de- they're demons, so I don't know if they're like birthed in the traditional sense. Yeah, more than more than just a spawn Summoned. from the yeah. the dark haze of chaos that fills the abyss. We'll look into. We'll it look for into you, it. Folks. Yeah, fantastic. So yeah, let's uh, scoot on to that next one. Eh? Moving right along, we're gonna hop away from Oval's manual of buds, uh, critters, buds. Which one was it? Critters. It was critters. Okay, kind of like buds. Manual of manual to buds. We'll work on it. We'll workshop it. Hopping over to. Uh, the another another book of source material, Mord's Book of Friends, and Here we're going to be are. talking about a creature that I have been looking into a little bit for some personal project stuff, and we're going to be talking about Kruthix. Okay, a, a singular Kruthix. How best to describe these? They're a they are reptilian. Okay, they are subterranean, typically. God, how do you? Where do you start? They are. I think I'm counting six limbs in this picture. Yeah, they. Um, actually, there's a note in the book from good old Mord himself that says, um, "Imagine a hive of ants the size of horses, but the ants are all wearing armor." Oh my God, <laughs> that's from the book itself. That's Mord's note. Mord's personal friend note. Um, they have these six. Very um, almost ant lion like, pin uh, uh, like walking mandible's not the right word. That's a mouth thing. I don't know. Pincer, not pincers. Big sharp legs. Yeah. That they they move around on. They've got a hard chitinous uh, exterior on top with uh, kind of a you know the ridged plates and the spines coming off with some fine hairs that I'm sure are used as some kind of. Uh, Sensory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Long, a very tall mouth, which is not a word usually used to describe mouths, but here we are. Uh, a tall mouth with a couple pincers and, uh, you know, sharp teeth, big nasty tongue, uh, two just kind of black eyes, kind of insectoid. Uh, but a reptile? Yeah, they've got some insectoid like like features and like the the sharp legs and the, the eyes, but they are reptilian. Hmm. They are. Cold-blooded. That's a joke based on the song Hot-Blooded. That was bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all over oh. the place today. Uh, but Kruthix. Kruthix are, are largely subterranean, as I said. They are attracted to sources of heat, like pools of lava underground, and like to carve out their lairs close to them. They leave tunnels, which are largely... Uh, can be qu- pretty quickly identified as... Uh, Kruthic tunnels and are often it's like oh let's stay away from that because there's tons of Kruthic nearby. Yeah. They are hive creatures, so they typically have a a hive lord, uh, kind of like bees. You know how they have a queen? Yeah, they have the queen, the queen, queen bee, queen bee. Uh oh. When a suitable location for a hive is found, the largest Kruthic in the hive undergoes a metamorphosis. And after a couple weeks, it will emerge as a hive lord, which is bigger and smarter than the other Kruthix, and uh, also gains the ability to spray acid, which is a, a fun little status point for the hive lord. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it keeps some of the larger adult warrior Kruthix around as its bodyguards. Adult Kruthix uh, form after a six months, it says, of steady eating. Uh, for it to grow into an adult, what's considered an adult. So it hits adulthood after six months? Uh, after six months of just straight eating. Oh, boy. Like a, like a, like a speed-eating champion. And they are... All Kruthix are, are relatively short-lived, I think. Adults have a lifespan of about seven years. A natural lifespan of about seven years. The younger ones are hatched from eggs. And uh, it does say here that each egg is about the size of an adult human's head. All right, so they come out, and they're already pretty big. Yep, their eggs hatch in about a month. And then they get up to about horse-sized? Yep, or yep, bigger, yep. depending if um, they get Hive Lord status? Uh, hive Lords are the biggest, about about large category, with the adults being about human-sized in proportion. Um, they have got the heavy, heavy armor that guides their back. They can burrow, they can climb with their, their uh, sharp uh, leg legs, stabums. <laughs> that's, that's my stabbings. These are just my stabbings. 
Uh, but yeah, they're 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 neat. There's a lot here about Kruthix. I think they're really interesting. There's a cool kind of structure to their uh, limited society. They do Can it. They- do they talk and stuff? They have kind of a language, uh, kind of like hook horrors, where they have like a, a language specific the to them. Tibbity taps. It's not necessarily on their um, on their like like drumming on their chitin. It's more just like hisses and kind of chittering sounds, but they can use that to to communicate like raptors. Yeah, it does say Kruthic guards send out an alarm by rapidly tapping the stone floor with their sharp legs. So I think it's more of just a series of sounds that they've assigned meaning to, which I guess if you really want to break it down, that's all language is. Yeah. We, you and I, use these two flaps of meat on the front of our faces, and there's these strings in our throats that vibrate to produce sound technically waves. They're, technically, they're folds. Okay, whatever. Understand. So there's a lot of meat that flaps together to make sounds that we've associated with meaning. Which yeah, we all, have that weird meat tube in, inside yeah, our mouth. To help choose pitch and yeah. uh, create tone. tone. Language is weird if you really break it down. It, it's, it's an odd one. But yeah, Kruthix. Um, we've, got, we've got a small colony, actually, in the, some of the, some, one of the lower sublevels. Um, I try to keep them away from a lot of the other uh, subterranean beasties that we have. Um, plus, we've also got, got like a, some, some geothermal energy down there. To, yeah. to fuel the hot spring that you and I crash in sometimes. Just sometimes. Mm-hmm. After a long when day. We're, when, you know. we're, when we're feeling like treating ourselves. Yeah. You know? um, so, yeah, I'm assuming that if someone would want to get some Kruthix, they'd probably want to get multiple. It doesn't necessarily... They don't necessarily have to exist in a hive. I think that's just sort of their normal, natural state of being. But, I mean, kind of hopping off of what Mord said in the book... They're like ants in the sense that, you know, they have a colony. Mm-hmm. They work best together. So you could make like a Kruthic farm, like an ant farm. Just a big one. <laughs> a large scale, you know, tons of tunnels, have a place for them to all hang out near like some sort of uh, underground heat source. Did you ever have an ant farm? I did not. I an ant farm. I did not. They were really boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ants aren't super thrilling in my mind. But then they made an entire superhero out of one, so... Yeah, well, then they made two different movies about ants. Yeah. One was just called Ants. One was just called Ants, with a Z. <laughs> stupid. Yeah. Ants was fucking stupid. What a weird movie. Fucking come at me. I will I will bash Ants into the ground. The movie. I was like when he's stuck on the gum on the bottom of the guy's shoe. Ridiculous. I thought it was really funny. Ridiculous. Anyway. Anyway. But in, in terms of, like, actually picking up Kruthix, um... They are they are burrowers and they're you know they like the dark they like the underground so any of you underdark folks you know might be able to tame some Kruthix to uh, you know just kind of hang out um, we do have some eggs that you can just straight purchase if you want to just a couple or just want one yeah cute there's not a lot to say on them they're just kind of cool yeah I think they're interesting they're very intimidating looking I will give them that yeah with the could you mm. in theory mm. ride a Kruthix I imagine so. If you were if you were Mount one of up. the stout folk, uh, you know, dwarf, halfling, gnome, one of the small. I mean, they they get large size. Yeah, but horse. that's like the yeah. hive lords only get up to that size, and that, okay, that one might be. There's there's some hierarchy issues there. Where I don't think I think the hive lord probably has a stronger sense of pride than the rest that's, of his fellows. This is fair. I wouldn't want to be like, "Hello, my liege, allow me onto your back so I may gallop you into the fray." Mm. Hello, my <laughs> One of the normal adult-sized ones, yeah. If you were, if you were savvy enough, if you fed it for six straight months to get it to that size, yeah, you know, yeah. Wow, that would be a long six months. Mm-hmm. Ooh, this is interesting. I found another note that Mord left in his book, which gives a little bit of insight. He says that uh, other creatures that abide in hives serve a purpose in the natural world. Uh, bees pollinate flowers, termites make earth out of wood, and it says Kruthix, by contrast, slay societies. So they do have a bit of a tendency, I'm going to go out on a limb and say. Perhaps that function is just as necessary, he says. So Kruthix well, are... a positive way to look at it, Mr. Moore. Thanks, Moore. Always the bright side with you, my dude. Lovely. Lovely. So, Kruthix might have some violent tendencies to them. Doesn't really specify in Mord's book, aside from that little footnote. But, 
There you go. I like Kruthix. I think they're cool. I think that's the moral of the story here. If you're into insects and reptiles and the like, maybe snag yourself a Kruthix. Maybe, maybe. They do start pretty small, so. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, just be prepared for them to grow. Yeah. As they grow, so should the space you allow them. Amazing. Amazing. Well, shall we scoot on to this last one? I think so. I think All right, I so think I'm going to give our Kruthix a fond farewell. We oh, do have to we do have to watch I think that they may be getting overfed down there. Yes, we don't want to gain too big. Mm-mm. No, we need to keep a a good dynamic, a good ratio. Yeah, did we figure out what they ate. Just kind of shit. Just kind of whatever. Shit. Oh, well. Not like not like shit shit, but like but I mean maybe shit. I think just food. I don't I don't think it specifies anywhere in here, but based on that mouth, that their mouth, I'm going to guess pretty carnivorous. Probably some meats. Yeah, and based on their their locale, their preferred locales of mm-hmm. being subterranean, you know, maybe some like some mushrooms. But I think largely meats. Other creatures. I think they're hunters. Cool. Well, well. Next, next. In our last creature of the day, we do have a uh, a, a letter in. <gasps> I'm asking for some advice. Yes. This one comes from a cultist savage, or at Bread Glen on Twitter. Good old Bread Glen. Brett Glenn, that says, Hey, that guy, Zach Robin Griff Cold. Long-time listener, first-time asker. Me and my lovely girl live in the Big Apple, and I feel like a lot of creatures thrive in country towns. Got any good city critters that can handle NYC? Love bread, in parenthesis, or loaf. All right. Yes. Some city yes. critters. A city critter. Uh, well, we, we've got a pretty good one. Now, we are going to scoot back on over. The good old owner's manual. Ye- the arm, um, if you will. The old owner's manual. So this one, and, and all those who uh, listen to Another Path are very familiar with. Oh, yeah. Um, we think that one of the better uh, uh, suggestions would be a fairy dragon. A fairy dragon. A fairy dragon. I love these little goobers. They're so cute. They're cat-sized dragons with butterfly wings. Oh, God, yeah. that's perfect. I, I never even really noticed the butterfly wings. But looking yeah. at it now, they absolutely have, like, that shape. Yeah, most definitely. It wears a sharp tooth grin and it expresses its delight by the twitching of its tail. <laughs> it's merriment fading only if it is attacked. So they're, like, happy, too. So, so yeah, they, they, they grin. Um, it does describe them. Now, this is where, where things may get tricky, as invisible tricksters. Mm-hmm. So the only warning of a fairy dragon's presence is a stifled giggle. <laughs> The dragon, tends, they tend to stay out of sight, watching invisibly as its victims contend with its pranks. When its fun is done, the dragon might reveal itself, depending on the uh, the disposition of its prey. They are, so, it's interesting, they are classified as dragons, but they have very, as the name even suggests, very fae-like tendencies. Yes, they're very trickster-y. Yeah. And I would argue, I would argue yeah. that fairy dragons, they are considered chaotic good. I would argue that most cats are chaotic good to chaotic neutral. Yeah, I would say more chaotic, at least leaning more chaotic neutral. Yeah, because you've, you've seen, everyone's seen video of a cat who just, like, making direct eye contact with its human, just like knocks knock something over off over. the counter. If that's not chaotic, uh, I don't know what is. Now, it says that fairy dragons are friendly and bright. Perfect. Yeah, I know, right? You know, they're, they're nice. Um, it says that travelers... Uh, can uh, play to a fairy dragon's draconic nature by offering its it treasure. It, it says uh, in parentheses, um, in the form of <laughs> sweets, baked goods, or baubles in exchange for information or safe passage through its territory. Or if you just want to make a friend, hell yeah! So, so Brett Bread Glen, a cultist savage. You know, you get yourself a fairy dragon, give it some 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 baked goods, like some bread, like some bread. But gives give your fairy dragon some bread. Yes, some some sweetened bread, maybe Ooh. some pan dulce. Um, what? <laughs> that's that's Spanish for sweetened bread. Oh, dope. Yeah, pan pan, pan dulce. Pan dulce. At least I think so. All right. I haven't taken Spanish in a while. If we're wrong, someone someone will, will tell us. us. <laughs> Amazing, fantastic. And no one's now, done so it, yet. So yeah. We're now it does say um, that fairy dragons, um, their colors they change as they get older. I love this part. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it says, um, while they're uh, under five years, you know, they their uh, uh, scales are red, and as they go from uh, up to ten years, turns orange. Up to twenty, they turn yellow. Up to thirty, green. To forty, blue. Indigo is fifty, and a violet after fifty-one years, they stay so, uh, a violet for the rest of their life. These things are pretty long-lived, then. As they well, they are. 
I mean, they got that fey in them. So and that they, dragon yeah. in them. And that dragon in them, yeah. So, but, um, amazing. You can always, yeah, you can always tell how old they are just by looking at them. And, and uh, they're going to be with you for a really long time. They're going to be with you for a very long time, definitely. And it looks it looks here that... It looks here? Jesus Christ. It looks like that as they get older and their color changes, they also get more sort of innate magical abilities. Mm-hmm. Leading all the way up to when they're at their oldest color of violet that they can polymorph. Yeah. Which will either be a great asset as your landlord tries to come by and see if you've actually got a critter around. It can just turn itself into, like, a flea and hide. Or it could polymorph you into a dog in the middle of your slumber. And then you wake up and suddenly you're a dog. And you are a dog. (laughs) Yeah. Now, um, they can speak both Draconic and Sylvan. Mm -hmm. So, Brad, you may want to read up on those languages. I like, um, I like, I remember a thing, there's some guy that I watched on YouTube once, uh, UTP, where he had a German Shepherd, and mm-hmm. he decided to, all of the commands he was going to teach uh, his dog were in German. Uh, so I imagine yes. you could do something similar, is you could yeah. just get a handful of draconic or sylvan words uh, to just like, you know, to communicate on a limited basis with your, with your fairy dragon. Um, they're also telepathic, they're also uh, mildly telepathic, um... Oh, excuse me. I didn't even read all the way. It says they can communicate with other fairy dragons telepathically. Within, yeah, within 60 feet. Which is interesting. Now, they're resistant to a lot of magic. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, they do have this feature called Euphoria Breath, which sounds to me like drugs, but let's read on. <laughs> the dragon exhales a puff of euphoria gas at one creature. Uh, if they don't resist it, there's a... Looks like almost a like a like a sixty percent chance that they just start you just start moving in a random direction, kind of confused and addled, uh, or you're fine, or nothing happens. <laughs> so, so you just kind of get high for a little you bit. Get, and you're like, what's going on, man? For, for about a minute, it looks like. So you can just be like, whoa, dude, a short term high. <laughs> so maybe that could be used to like chill you off, like. In terms of like uh, like actual real world use, maybe this would be useful for someone who is experiencing like a panic attack or an anxiety mm, attack. That's fair. Then that can be very maybe helpful. the maybe your your bud, the fairy dragon, could come over and just be like, <laughs> <laughs> and and it could it could help chill you out, calm you down, refocus you. Um, but I think one of the things that lends itself most to being in a Aside from just its size, being in a, a a tiny New York apartment is especially if that tiny New York apartment doesn't allow pets, then they have superior invisibility where they can just swip and just turn invisible. Easy. It, it says that any equipment the dragon wears or carries turns invisible with it as well. So, so. if you knitted a sweater, the sweater will, will also turn, turn invisible. Turn invisible. This yep. is not Invisible Woman Fantastic Four invisibility. Yes, this is dope invisibility. The problem I think would come in is like you you they are tricksters. They do like yeah. their pranks it seems. So, if your landlord's making a surprise inspection, you got to be like, "Yo, Donovan, you better chill your shit. I don't want you making I don't want you making illusions or little dancing lights or pulling on his his ponies on the landlord's ponytail." Yeah. You need to be chill, Donovan. Yeah, all I'm seeing in my brain is you you ever seen Emperor's New Groove? Yeah. You know that that scene when the squirrel uh, has the balloon and Cusco's hanging out by, like, all the sleeping panthers? Yes. And then he has, like, the little needle in the balloon and is like, you have a dip? He's like, don't don't fucking do it. (laughs) (laughs) This moment of, like, like the fairy dragon's about to drop, like, a bucket of water on your landlord and you're sitting there like, Jonathan, don't fucking do it, It's it's very much like, uh, what is it, movie two of Harry Potter when oh Dobby yeah, yeah when Dobby's just like making making magic shit happen and, and while yeah. Harry's with his family and and whatnot is like drops the cake you better fucking not <laughs> yeah so fairy dragons They're, it's all great. all the pranks I think I think fairy dragons are like actual legitimate pranksters and not like you know I'm gonna I'm gonna pants you in front of your family and be like it was just a prank bro like no actually like good natured funny shit. Like uh, my my favorite, you know the 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 cellophane across the doorway. Mm-hmm. 
And they walk into you like, oh, what is this? Ah, oh, man. That's fine. And they have Jeez. a lot of, like, all their innate magic is very, like, illusion-based and yeah. kind of suggestion-based. So there's a lot of good-natured fun to be had there. Maybe helps break up the the humdrum of New York life. I haven't. I don't live in New York. I don't know what it's like there. But fairy dragons are tiny. They're easy to take care of. They're also pretty self-sufficient, I gather. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to, you know, if you're... If you're not home for 24 hours, I think your fairy dragon will be fine. Like, they can fend for themselves. They can get their own food and water. Yeah. They can fly around. They can hide from any would-be landlords. They will be with you for a very long time. Yeah, and ingest, uh, inject some much-needed brevity and uh, joy into yeah. your life. Now, if you want to get fancy, maybe set up some nice, like... Your little platforms along your apartment so that Ooh. they can zoom around yeah. and like land on and give them a have jungle some fun. Gym. Yeah, don't have anything overly expensive on like shelves and stuff, <laughs> or um, or just be very clear of what's off limits. Yes, maybe get like a case for some for <laughs> the, the real pricey things. Get like a tin can and fill it with beans and seal it. Make like a noisemaker for it to always knock over. I'm sure you can have fun with that. Yeah. You need, like, decoy items for it to knock yeah, over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it doesn't knock Amazing. over the valuable shit. So fairy dragons. Adorable. I think fairy dragons are actually a really good fit. Like, I think it's a very good idea. Yeah. I think they're they're super chill and, you know, just have a, a, a solid reputation surrounding them. Mm-hmm. You need to be... You, you might... you might It might take a couple years for it to, like, wear off of its pranks. Like, it might get really annoying at first. But I think that can be any 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 creature as well, like... Yeah, I instead remember of crapping on the carpet. It's you know, it's you know, uh, uh, what's dumping a bucket of ice water on you while you're taking a shower. Yeah, oh, classic, yeah. classic, classic Donovan. I Poor yeah, because I, I remember like when when my family we first first got our first dog, um, and I was like twelve or something. It was like God, that little shit was so annoying. <laughs> Because she was a puppy. She was six months old, coming from an abusive household. And so, like, it was hard to, you know, get her to to stop shitting on the floor and, you know, actually, you know, not tip her water bowl over and shit like that. She was an annoying as fuck little monster. But then, like, after a couple years, she mellowed out. We mellowed out with her. We we became a a family. So, and now she's 16 years old and a sweetheart. Oh, yeah, good old Kirby. Yeah, and at that point, who knows? Maybe you'll your your fire dragon will go from red to orange, mm. and it'll it'll be like, oh, time has passed with our little bud, oh. and now we've really sort of become one with each other. Hell yeah, fairy dragon for life. Just get that oh, tattooed beautiful. across your chest. Four, but yeah, it has to have dra- the number four exactly, the and then L Y F E. Yeah, for life. Beautiful. Sick. Well, um. I think that's about all the creatures today. And yeah. we do have... Thank you, thank you, Bread Glenn, for writing in. Uh, oh, Appreciate you. Uh, again, if you ever want to have a question answered, if you have a situation you want us to evaluate, or just want to know more about a certain creature from any of the uh, owner's manual books or their uh, adjacent books or, you know, stories, things from your favorites, uh, verses... Anything, anything at all. If you want us to take a dive into it, let us know, please, at Pet Shop Cast, or you can, uh, or you can tweet or direct message us, and we yeah. will be happy to answer those questions. Yeah. Now we do have another wacky weekly. Would you rather? Yes, this one's now, this a little one, wild. I'm excited. This one's for gonna it. be weird. Hit me with Would a sec. you rather have a fully aquatic elephant mm-hmm. or a completely terrestrial whale? <laughs> so an, so a, a, an, an elephant elef- that looks... Yeah, go ahead. An elephant that lives only in the water. Yeah. Or a whale that lives only on land. Yes. So does the whale lose... So I'm assuming the whale loses its water-breathing abilities and the uh, elephant... Yes, they have adapted to their environment. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) This is so stupid. Because they're both gigantic, and I can't apply them to my everyday life. (sighs) And... Yeah, see that's the thing. Are we talking like the gigantic like blue whales? Or are we talking like more like like uh, like orca sized? Would that be okay? That'd be okay. Okay, like an orca whale, maybe somewhere a little bit larger so that it can compare to the elephant. Because I think that's the dumb part of this one is that they're both gigantic. <laughs> yeah, they're huge. Yeah, that that works. Like well, an orca. Yeah, an orca whale is about the size of an elephant. That's, yeah, that's, I guess that's true. They're, they're, they're comparable. Elephants. 
elephants are very appealing. Elephants are very cool. They're very smart. They're neat to look at. But imagine them instead of, like, legs with fins and shit. So does the whale have legs, then? I mean, I would assume so. Or does it just cut, or, or kind of like a carrion crawler, has a bunch of little pseudopods underneath it, like cilia, to, like, <laughs> to move it, all, to have it just kind of sh- shift Cruise? along the ground. <laughs> like, like, a, like, a, like a, oh god, what is it? A, a, a sea star. Oh my god. It just kind of moves. It doesn't. It doesn't walk or curl up like an earthworm. It just kind All of. Right, well, okay. How about this? Shifts. Definitively, the definitive question here. Okay. So you take the water, you know, the fins and tail of an el- of a whale, put it on an elephant. Oh my god! Put elephants like legs. Put them on a whale. Fucking Christ! Which would you rather have? <sighs> I don't know. Alright, well, we'll leave this to you, friends at I, home. Oh my god, I think elephant? I, so think, I think I'd have the land whales. <laughs> I think ocean elephant is the way to go. Because I'm picturing an elephant with like a mermaid's tail, but still with the trunk, and that yeah. is hilarious to me. See, I, I like the idea of since it doesn't have fins or a tail anymore, it's just the chunk of a whale. <laughs> With its big ass mouth just like scooting around. Oh my Jesus. Okay. But also still a carnivore, so like still hunting shit. Ooh. Yikes. Oh, Alright, well, as always, we'll throw that up on our Twitter account at Pet Shop Cast, or you guys can uh, make your voices known, and we will address the results uh, at the start of our next episode. Land whale, land whale. Ocean. Sea well. o- elephant. Sea, it doesn't have. See, land whale's got a really good ring to it. Land whale, land whale. It's like a sky whale. Yeah, or a, or a land shark. Land sharks. Um, all right. Or well, black, thank you, everyone, right. for, for coming out to the pet shop today. Yes. Uh, before we close out for real, I did want to go ahead and take the opportunity to thank some fine folks who support us over on our Patreon account. Yes. Uh, it is, it, for those who are unfamiliar, uh, we do have our sister show, Another Path, a, an actual play D&D theatrical podcast that's... Uh, through the effort supported uh, supporting us at the Another Path Patreon allowed us to do this show. Uh, thank you in particular to Nathan N., who was the patron to push us over that milestone to get us to start the Pet Shop show. But also thank you to a couple folks, Jeremy, Carlin, Kim. Uh, thank you guys for... Braden. F- yeah, for your support. And we also have a, an announcement we'd like to make uh, concerning Another Path. Yeah, most definitely. You see, um, starting the the Wednesday following the release of this episode, mm-hmm. so that will June end up being, 5th. what, June 5th, is the beginning of Another Path Season 2. Yeah, after 50 episodes, we concluded the first campaign of Another Path, and mm-hmm. we'll be starting a new one. Uh, Zach and I will be continuing our characters of Mordecai and Zephyr. And, uh, as well as Ryan continuing Jackson. And Chase and, uh, continuing to DM. Yes, it'll be great. Um, for those of you who follow the show, uh, things are going to get mm-hmm. weirdly political. Yeah. And it's going to be very great. You can also, if you have never listened to Another Path and think Season 2 would be a great place to jump in, uh, our last episode that we released for Another Path was a recap episode of the first 50 episodes of the show, condensed down into about 40 minutes, and should get you caught up to a place where the world and the characters should make sense to you if you want to dive into season two right away. Most definitely, yes. Uh, the recap written by our fantastic Griffin Coldire. Stop. Um, Thank you. But yeah, so if you want to catch up there, if not, start at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, listen on through it. I, I myself, um, you know, back in our, our old days when we were all uh, using headphone mics oh, and man, stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yes, we do have a recap of the first few episodes. This is uh, that start kicks you off right where we sort of upgraded. Yeah, our, it's like our it's like six point five or something. Six point like five 6.5. is the yes is the the episode that I would suggest jumping in until we have a, a, a find a way to remaster those they're, first. Few they're episodes. not that bad, but comparably to what we get, yes, it's, our production value definitely goes up if, after a couple episodes. So. Most definitely. So check that out. Um, if you feel like also donating on Patreon, um, that goes to benefiting both Another Path and our show. Mm-hmm. Patreon.com um, slash Another Path. 
There we are. Yeah. Well, amazing. Again, thank you guys so much for stopping thank in. You. I have been Zach. I've been Griffin. And just remember, folks, at the end of the day, it's all about love, baby. All about love, baby. Oh, it's all about love. Go get yourself some critters. We got a bunch, like Kuthrix. That will <laughs> hopefully not eat your face <laughs> off. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to episode 15 of Zach and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. If you like what you heard, please consider subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, anywhere you really get your podcasts. Follow, subscribe, leave a review. These things are all fantastic ways to hear what we can do to better our show. You can also follow us on Twitter at Pet Shop Cast or check out our website at PetShopCast.com. You can also check out our other podcast, Another Path, on Twitter at AnotherPathPod or at AnotherPathPodcast.com. On that website, you'll find links to both our merch store where you can find awesome merch for both shows and also the link to our Patreon. Thank you so much to all of the people who already support us on Patreon. If you'd like to donate to us on Patreon, you can get some fantastic rewards for yourself and give us some fantastic support that we use to create more content for you guys. I hope you're caught up on Another Path because Season 2 starts this coming Wednesday, June 5th, and things are about to get crazy. So once again, thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you again soon.